Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. One thing that women desire and need and look for in a relationship is security. Some guys, some people feel some kind of way about that, but that is a need that they have, a need to be able to rest. You working, you taking care of, a man is taking care of things that they have security and rest in that. It's a natural thing. That's what Naomi tells Ruth, I'm seeking this out for you. Shall I not seek security, rest for you, where you just will be taken care of? She wants that for her. That's an okay thing. That's not bad. There are very clear roles set out by the Lord regarding men and women, husbands and wives. God created men and women as equal, who should be submitting one to another in the fear of the Lord. The husband is called to lead the home while being led by the Lord. And the wife is called to submit unto her own husband. Today, Pastor Bill will be explaining how God's design brings order and helps make the household run smooth as husband and wife. First and foremost, seek the Lord. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ruth, chapter 3, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. As a Christian, we know that we shouldn't marry a non-believer. Everybody say amen. If you're a Christian single, you have no business even considering somebody that's not saved. Everybody say amen. Say it like you mean it. <laughs> uh, do it too, okay? So now there are some other particulars that people squabble over. You know, if you're Christian, can you marry interracially? Of course, that that's that doesn't matter. Whatever color you like the best, you marry that color, it's great. Um, you can mix and match. You can make, make a rainbow if you want to. So that that is all good. Now, this one troubles some people. Can an older marry a younger? Is there a, you know, is there a biblical chart that says this is this is too old in our culture there may be a number you like that's just disgusting that's just wrong but biblically i mean what if somebody older likes a younger what if a younger likes the older is it is there any rules anything against that we'll talk about that so look at chapter three verse one ruth it says then naomi her mother-in-law said to her my daughter shall i not seek security for you that it may be well with you so um, Naomi comes back from her little, you know, uh, shindig with, with Boaz and Naomi last week had been given Ruth instructions. She said, you know what? You make sure you stay around those young women. You make sure you don't mess around and be in anybody else's field gleaning. She sees that God is up to something here and there's potentially a relationship that could form. And it carries on into chapter three. Naomi's her mother-in-law said to her, my daughter, shall I not seek security for you that it may be well with you? Interesting. That word. For security here, we saw it in chapter 1, verse 9, when Naomi was about to leave uh, Moab to go home and she was speaking to her two daughter-in-laws, to Orpah and Ruth. She said these words in verse 9, the Lord grant you that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. That word rest means security. And so it's interesting here that she says the same thing to Ruth. She says, Ruth, shall I not seek security rest for you? And I just got to point this out because it's a fact. One thing that women desire and need and look for in a relationship is security. Some guys, some people feel some kind of way about that, but that is a need that they have a need to be able to rest. You working, you taking care of a man is taking care of things that they have security and rest in that. It's a natural thing. That's what Naomi tells Ruth. I'm seeking this out for you. Shall I not seek security rest for you? where you just will be taken care of. She wants that for her. That's an okay thing. That's not bad. So moving on, verse two, now Boaz, 
whose young women were with, I'm sorry, whose young women you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. So uh, Naomi is reminding Ruth that hey, he's our relative. Um, later on, she'll say he's our close relative, our kinsman redeemer. But she reminds him here, he's our relative. And in fact, I know where he's at right now. It's evening and he's winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. And let me explain this. Uh, in this culture, again, it was, they had just finished the barley harvest. So they got all this wheat and barley and things. And you had to separate the chaff from the part that was valuable. So they would have fans, winnowing fans, and you'd throw it up and the chaff would blow away and the good part would fall down. Now, they were doing it at nighttime because... This is still the time of the judges. And for you guys that went through judges with us, you guys remember that um, people were getting jacked. You know, the people, it was not uncommon for people to come through when you were harvesting and then jack all your harvest. So they were doing it at nighttime to protect it. Then you, you will see in the chapter when he's done doing this, he actually sleeps there to make sure nobody comes and gets it. So a couple of things we see about Boaz, he's wealthy, but he's hardworking and um, he's going to be he's doing his work and he's going to be there to protect what's his. He's going to stay there to take care of it. But that's where he's at. He's not at home tonight. He's at the threshing floor. He's winnowing uh, the barley. He's working there. Naomi knows where he's going to be at. And she's letting Ruth know. Verse three. Therefore, she says to Ruth, wash yourself and anoint yourself. Put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. So Naomi is it it sounds like she's kind of getting ready to do the hookup. She says, now, Ruth, I want you to wash up. Go and take you a good shower. Uh, use some dove. Uh, she said, anoint yourself. That been put on some smell good, you know, some perfumey stuff. Make yourself smell good. Put on your best garment. Um, now, this is what I, I got to point this out. He didn't he was not initially drawn to her because of physical stuff, but which, you know, he was drawn to her character. But now Naomi says, hey, now it's time to show the brother you clean up pretty well. So you go on and get in there, put on your good dress and get your hair, did whatever you do to your dilly dallies or whatever. Get all done up. And she's getting ready to send her down. This is OK. This is OK. And again, I believe in our culture, this is a way it's one of the ways that, you know, People be struggling with, you know, how do I make myself known or how do I, you know, if there's a relationship and there's something going on. Um, I don't think that. Physical attraction should be a, if that's a primary thing, if the only reason somebody's interested in you is for some physical attribute that may very well run out eventually when it runs out, what happens to your relationship? You know, if the guy was drawn to your 21 year old figure when it's 40 years old, chances are, you know, four, five kids. I mean, if he's not drawn to you, you know, then that might be a problem. Same thing, vice versa. If she was drawn to, you know, some 20 year old ripped up thing. And when he 40, you know, them rips, them rips start swelling, you know, so and it won't be if that's just it. If it's that shallow, that's not enough. Having said that, I don't think that that should be a primary thing. But I also don't believe that, you know, it's, it's not important that there should be a, an attraction um, to, you know, someone that we're going to be with. I, I'll be sad if I'm like, babe, I'm just with you because you're godly, you know, <laughs> you're not really cute. You know, that's just, uh, you know, but but you love the Lord. So, hey, you know, I think that would feel bad. You know, I don't know that that would be a blessing. So um, she says, you go on and put on your good garment, wash up, clean up and go down there. And she says, and just be quiet. Don't make yourself known to after he's eaten and, and after he finished eating and drinking. So 
Verse four says, then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies and you shall go in and uncover his feet. Oh, no. And lie down and and he will tell you what you should do. Now, I, this is cultural. So some of y'all are looking like now to see the Bible just got bad. You know, this bad counsel. She said, go in and uncover his feet uh, after a whole day's work. I don't know the wisdom in that, but um, this is a cultural thing. And so I need to explain that when she tells Ruth to go in and once he's eaten and he's you know, drunk and he's relaxed, not he's eating and he's drinking, he's sitting down, he's relaxing. You go sit down at the edge of the bed and you uncover his feet. This is a, it's a, it's symbolic of something. It was a common thing in their culture. Um, it was a way in which a woman would demonstrate submission. Even today in Arabic culture, I got one of my really good friends. You guys, some of you met pastor is uh, James Cadiz. Uh, his family's Arabic. And if you sit, if I sit next to him, and I put my foot up like this where the bottom of my foot is facing him. He's like, man, move your foot. You know, like in their culture, it's you don't put your foot up at people. It's a uh, it's you know, it's like saying it's, it's 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 all these things that don't mean much to us Americans that mean something in their culture. In this culture, for her to go and be at his feet and uncover them, it's she's saying without words that, look, I am wanting to submit under you. I'm wanting to come under you for covering. I'm wanting to come under you for shelter. There's something important there because in the Bible, the Bible does say that the wife's role within the relationship is that she would come into submission under her husband. When you search the scriptures for what's a wife's role, what does she do? And you look at all the places where it speaks it out explicitly. Ephesians 5, three things it says in Ephesians 5, 22 to 33, wives submit, wives be subject to, wives respect. First Peter 3. That it says wives that it says that if, if, if you have a husband that's not obeying the word, they say even without a word, he may be won by the conduct of their wife as they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Again, it tells the wife to be submissive to her husband. So we live in a culture right now, though, where that seems uh, that seems way out. People are, I'm not that's 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 Barney Barney Flintstone. That's what's like it's just old and archaic. The idea that a wife would submit. Keep this in mind. I don't know that. You know, now there there may be some guys that the idea of submitting to them would be horrific, but the way that Boaz has treated her up until this point, the idea of submitting to him, I don't think it looks all that bad. Uh, I think I think she's welcoming the opportunity to come under him, and so I would say to the men, even the already married, um, we want to live in such a way. If you're already married, uh, we want it to be we want to be easy to submit to. Um, you want to live in such a way you want to lead and protect and care for your wife and those under your authority in such a way that they would just be glad, glad to submit under you. Um, you can create that um, just just being a being a being a good leader. And so if you realize, man, everybody under my care struggles with submitting to me, work on that, you know, be a loving leader. Make sure you seeking God about the decisions that are being made. So, um, again, I don't know that this could be said for anybody. She tells Naomi tells Ruth, you know what? You go and you uncover his feet and he will tell you what you should do. Whatever he's going to, he's going to tell you what to do. You do that. Those are, there's a lot of things here that are saying that they're trusting that, that, that that's kind of a blank check. I mean, what if we, he could have said something freaky stuff. He could have said something weird, but they're just kind of trusting that in this, his nature, his character, he'll tell you what to do from there. And, and they trust what he's going to say. 
So I would say this to the single women, because your role biblically will be when you get married to submit to a man. Um, as you're observing a man and considering a man, you need to consider that. Could I, could I, would I like to, would I be blessed if I were submitting under this person, how he is just as they are right now? Um, that should be something that you consider because the day you say I do, that'll be part of your walk with the Lord that you submit unto your husband. So, um, men, same thing. Um, you want to be a guy where it'd be a pleasant thing to be submitted under your, uh, under your care. And, um, just before I say anything else on it, you know, submission is not a barbaric, um, it's not some, you know, it's not some chauvinistic dominating, you know, I run the roost. You do what I tell you to do. You know, that's not what it means. Um, it's, you know, that's, that's not the idea, but it is coming under their care, coming under their leadership. Um, it's spiritual leadership that you're submitting to. And so, um, you know, that's why I, I, I would never suggest a woman consider marrying a guy that is not stronger than her spiritually. How he going to lead you? How, how, he gonna, how can you submit to his leadership when you see that he doesn't have any? Um, and so if you're dating a guy or considering a guy, you're saying, man, this, he cannot get a word from God. All his decisions are the wrong way. Things keep bouncing off. Maybe that's not the guy. You want someone that you look at and say, man, there's a walk with the Lord. He hears from the Lord. He obeys what God tells him to do. I, I can get behind him and follow, you know. Um, spiritually, those things that we should be looking at. So, um, again, but the uncovering of the feet, it's, it's a picture of submission. She's saying when he sees what she's done, it's not, this not a, it's not an advance. This is not some sexual thing at all. It is her saying, I I'm wanting to come under submission to you. So now look at verse five. And she said to her, all that you say to me, I will do. Uh, just want to point this out. Um, Ruth tells Naomi, Naomi's kind of acting as mother, as counselor. Ruth says to Naomi, everything you tell me to do, I'll do it. I'll just throw this out to you guys. How well do you receive counsel from those that God has put in your life? Um, most of us have people that God has put in our life to give counsel, to give instruction. Um, some people heed and receive counsel very well. Um, some people buck at instruction, buck at anything that, that doesn't just kind of chides and grates against what you want to do. How do you do with receiving instruction from those that God has placed in your life to give it to you? Um, Naomi does very well. She says, you know what, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. I just submit to, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And, and as we follow the chapter, we'll see that she does that and, and God honors it. God blesses it. But, um, that's important. Uh, God will place people in our lives that are beyond us, that are stronger than us, know the word better than us. I got a, a few guys in my life that I, I come to with certain things and sometimes I'll be feeling beat up. You know, sometimes I, I walk away and I'm like, man, you know, like I know it's right though. I know what they're telling me is true. I know it's correct, but it's hard sometimes, but that's why they're there. That's though. That's why God has put those people in my life. And so, um, it is a wise thing. It's a, if, if you can be a person that can receive counsel from someone further along than you, then even though you're not as far along as them, you could be walking in wisdom that's beyond your age. You could be walking in wisdom that's beyond what you could possess in yourself right now because you heed the counsel of those that are beyond you. Um, so there's wisdom in receiving counsel. And that's why I do think it's so important that the younger and the older be hooked up in, in spiritual relationships, um, that there could be things passed on. So verse six now it says, so she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. So she went down there and did what, the, her, what, what, uh, what Naomi had told her, verse 7. 
And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly, uncovered his feet and lay down. So after he fell asleep, she did everything her mother said. Her mother said, don't make yourself known right away. Wait till after he's eating and he's drinking. And after he finished doing those things, he laid down on the heap of stuff. Then keep in mind, he's laying down on some stuff saying, I'm protecting my stuff. So when he gets woken up here, um, I'm glad he doesn't swing on her, you know, or whatever. But he's in that mode of like, man, people be coming and robbing. And I'm laying on top of myself so they don't get it. And he's going to fall asleep. And then um, she's going to be there. So... Uh, It says that, you know, she laid, sorry, she uncovered his feet and she lay down right there. Verse eight. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself. uh, And there a woman was lying at his feet. So um, I don't know what startled him. You know, I don't know. She starts snoring, you know, Uh, just says that she just laid there quietly at his feet. We don't know. But he said he got startled and he woke up and he looked up and there is a a lady right there at his feet. Sure, that was a pleasant surprise. He's there on guard. So to think he's hearing something and wake up, there's not a man there. No one's there to steal his stuff. But there she is. And keep in mind, she's down there looking good. She done did her. She done got it. She got the best outfit she have on. You might have caught a whiff of that, that ointment she put on, that perfume or whatever she had on. But she was sitting down there looking good. And I just got to point out, I mean, this is ah, it's midnight. <laughs> and, you know, this, 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 not, this is not advisable couples, uh, single people. It's not advisable that you be laying down somewhere at midnight uh, looking pretty. You know, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, this is a unique case. But that's what they're doing here. Verse nine. And he said, who are you? So either one of two things, either he was as he was started out of his sleep. You know, you, know, you first wake up. You can't see right yet. He's, he's asking, who is she? He had already seen her before. So either he's startled and he doesn't recognize her or maybe now she's all done up. He's like, who, who is that? A roof was, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, he said, who are you? And so she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. And then she says, take your maidservant under your wing, for you are close relative. You are a close relative. So now um, some would look at this and say, well, Ruth is asking him out. Is that okay? Did the women pursue the men now? Do women go after guys and say, hey, did you take me out? I want to go out. I don't recommend it. That's not exactly what's happening here. Got to give you the, the history, the background. Remember, Ruth was just out working in the field, minding her business when Boaz noticed her. He went over to her and said, hey, would you stay in my field and glean here only? Here, I'm going to send you home with some extra stuff. Hey, when you're thirsty, you want you to drink where my people that work here drink. They'll take care of you right there. Hey, as a matter of fact, could you sit down and have a meal with me? And he's giving her food and taking her stuff. So he's reached out to her. He's made it clear to her that, hey, I, I kind of like you. Now, this is the thing. Boaz, we're going to find is older than her and possibly doesn't think that there is even maybe a chance. You know, she's just so young. He's an older guy. Um, so he hasn't done anything else. The This time, as we're looking at now, they've, they've had the whole barley harvest together. Um, they've had time spent together, whatever, and, and there isn't really anything that's developed. Uh, it's not like they've been going on dates throughout this time. Um, I guess I should point that out. Um, dating is a, a it's an American so it's, if you look for dating in the Bible, I'm always laugh when I see Christian bookstores have Christian dating. I'm like, for real? Do you know that there's no Christian dating in the Bible? There's, there's no believers dating in the Bible. Um, in the Bible, 
it's pretty much one way. People get together to get married. Um, dating the way we do it in American culture is it actually is preparing people for divorce. Dating for most of us that grew up, I grew up doing it. So most people that grow up dating, what you do is you go out with somebody. Yeah, you my girl. I'm gonna do all right. We going out. Da 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 da. And then when you get sick of them or they get cheated on or something don't go right, you break up. And then you go get with their friend. You know, you get with somebody else and you just do it again. And most people, by the time they're at the age of marrying, have done that several times. And this is what you created a pattern of. Create a pattern of starting relationships, getting into relationships, getting the emotions in the relationships, and then getting annoyed in the relationship and deciding to get out of the relationship and breaking up the relationship and starting all over. And you've actually created a pattern uh, that ends up many people follow that right onto their marriage. Marriage is a bigger deal. Now, this one, I took it a little further and we did it with a ring and we did it in front of people. And now they get on my nerves. Now I fell out of love and now I want a divorce because I like them now. And that same thing happens in, in marriage relationships. So. Um, funny that in these times, that was not typically the case that people would even, they weren't even hanging out like that. It was, the decision was already made many times. That's who I want to marry. That's someone I'm open to being with. And they would move in that direction. So, um, so I encourage people this, um, I actually did a study last night at, for a young adult group at, uh, golden, what's his name? What's the church? Uh, Clint. Yeah. Okay. Where's that at golden or. Cypress? Garden Grove, Garden Grove, yeah. Anyway, there's a young guy there, and uh, he was telling me how he had met his wife, and three days later, they got engaged. And they've been, you know, they've been married for a little bit, however long they've been married, or whatever, and he was like, so what do you think about that? I said, hey. <laughs> I said, did you pray? He said, yeah, I prayed. I said, and I said, it was just fast track. I mean, he said, man, I met her, and I just knew. I prayed about it. I was like, I know that's her, you know? So I went ahead and said, hey. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I mean he, the chances of getting a no were high, but he got a yes, and they're off and they're married. I say, hey, praise the Lord. Yeah. You know, the, pray, praise God. It worked out. Y'all are married. Um, you know, and I'm not, rec- I'm not saying that that's what y'all, what y'all run up and run up people in the street saying, you know, <laughs> I prayed about it. You're the one to marry me. But I am saying this. If you don't have enough of a relationship with the Lord to be able to ask God, like, God, is that, is this what you have for me? Could you clarify it in my heart? Could you give me confirmation? Um, and if God gives you confirmation, then you need to run with it from there. Um, there really isn't a whole lot of extra steps. If God says that's the one, do you need five years to get to know him? Get to know him after you get married. You know, it'd be a whole lot less sin happening that way. You know, so but anyway, so back to this story here. They they've had this barley season. I don't know how much interaction there been. We've only been shared the one sit down dinner. But at this time, you know, as Ruth is there and she says, hey, take your maidservant under your wing for you are close relative. Um, you are uh, a goel. You are in that position in our family where you could marry me. You could redeem. Um, you could redeem Elimelech's family situation, and you could marry me. We could be married. And she's asking. She's making herself known. Um, most believe that the reason she makes this known to him that hey, I want to come under you. I, I would like to. I'd like for you to fulfill this role because Boaz maybe didn't didn't see that this was a possibility. And so I guess I should speak about this here because Boaz is quite a bit older than uh, Ruth. She's young. He's an older guy. I don't have an exact number on age, but later on, he's going to celebrate the fact that she didn't go after the younger men, her age, but that she was open to him. He's going to say, man, your kindness to me, this is even greater than what you did in taking care of Naomi, that you didn't go after one of the younger guys, but that you, you've been open to to have this relationship with me. So biblically, is it all right for an older guy to pursue a younger girl for a 
older girl or woman to pursue a younger man. Um, I, there really isn't anything in scripture that would say it was wrong, as long as everybody's legal. So now if you if you're looking at 15 year olds, we will smack you and beat you up in here. You know, you, you might not make it back home, you know, but if we're adults, you know, they're adults and, and there's interest and, and there really isn't anything in the Bible that I could say is wrong. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Buffington on A Transforming Word, a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. We have two services every Sunday at 9 and 11 or Wednesday evening at 7, and we would love to meet you. If you can't make it, no problem. We stream our services on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook Live. You never need to miss a message, but if you do, you can always find it on YouTube. There is a link on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. That's calvaryinglewood.org. There under the media tab, you'll find links to more messages as well as our mobile app. Pastor Bill has been working his way through the book of Ruth, a story of faithfulness and reward. Ruth remained faithful to her mother-in-law, doing everything she was asked, even trading her own gods and people for the God of Israel and a new home. Her journey included marriage, being widowed, moving to a new country, abject poverty, and marriage again to a wealthy landowner. Through it all, she remained constant and faithful, and she was rewarded. She became the great-grandmother of the King of Israel, King David. Just like Ruth, just like Ruth, you have opportunities in front of you every day. No matter what circumstances life throws at you, you have a choice. You can choose faithfulness and obedience, or you can choose to go your own way. What will you choose today? Well, we're out of time for today. We love spending this time with you digging into the book of Ruth. Join us next time for more right here on The Transforming Word.